Welcome to the BecomeNew.me podcast with John Ortberg. This is Passage to Wisdom, Episode 48, Swim Toward the Shark. Hey, this is John Ortberg. This is Passage to Wisdom. And I want to start with a wonderful, very daunting, very challenging thought. This comes from a friend of mine, a wonderful pastor and writer that you might know, Rankin Wilborn. And he was telling me about an article, I think it's based on an interview with a man named Andy Casagrande, who is, among other things, the cinematographer for Shark Week. If you know about Shark Week on Discovery Channel, one of the great inventions of all time. And somebody was asking him, what an amazing job, what do you do when you're in the water, underwater, with your camera, and a shark starts swimming at you? And his answer was a bit counterintuitive. He said, I have to swim towards the shark. I can't swim away from the shark. Normally, everything swims away from the shark. And apparently, when you swim towards the shark, I have not tested this myself, it triggers some kind of defense mechanism where the shark says, this is not behaving like normal prey, so I guess it's not. And the shark will swim away. You have to swim towards the shark. And then the article that Rankin passed along had this observation that there's something wonderful that this teaches us about shame. Shame wants to make us run away and to escape and to avoid and to look away or to pretend or to hide, but instead you gotta swim towards the shark. That if you look directly at it, if you face it with a sense of calmness and openness and non-defensiveness, it can actually delegitimize what shame wants to do, kind of like a shark, is to terrorize us and to convince me that because of my inadequacies, which I know are present and are great, in some ways I feel like I'm more aware of all the time, because of my brokenness, because of my weakness, because of the wrong things that I have done, because of bad choices that I have made, how could God love someone like me? Now I know because I have talked about the love of God for a long, long time. I know, I know, I know what the Bible says. And yet, in those private moments, when the shark comes, I want to swim the other direction. And instead, we are to face it so that those very events in our lives, I am too ugly. Very often, shame is connected with our bodies, uh, a deep sense of being unacceptable or of not being wanted. I've been also reading Philip uh, Yancey's new memoirs, and he's got a line in it that's very powerful. I think it's called Where the Light Shines. It's a wonderful title. I should be able to remember it exactly. But he's talking about, it's mostly about his experience growing up, very powerful. And he says at one point when he's describing high school and learning about jocks and cheerleaders and back in those days, hoods, punks, nerds, He says, I learned that there were really only two groups in high school, winners and losers, and I knew which one I belonged to. And that's what shame says to us, is that really there are two groups. There are the acceptable, there are the lovely, there are the beautiful, and then there's the other group, and and you're a part of that group. And so our invitation is, instead of living in that shame, instead of running from it, hiding it, to turn and swim towards the shark, And that might involve fear, that might involve embarrassment, that's okay. 
because those very events, those very facts about ourselves, the very things that I have done wrong, as I experience forgiveness from God and entering into a new way of life, become the sources for experiencing God's love. And here's the main thing I want to say today, that swimming towards the shark as scary as that may sound, is actually the way to experience more deeply God's love. I was listening to somebody who was teaching this past week an old talk, and they were just quoting the most famous verse in the Bible, John 3:16, for God so loved the world, he gave his only son, that whoever trusts him will never die or perish, but receive eternal interacting with God life starting right now. And this person was saying, that verse ought to fill you with gratitude and joy. Not ought of obligation, not now feel guilty and shame if you're not feeling happy when you hear those words, but it's an invitation. That is what the, what God wants, and it's love. It is love. It is the experience of being loved that enables us to swim towards the shark. So, Old Uncle Screwtape writes about the mystery and the power of the love of God. Now, he's writing from the perspective of a devil who does not believe there could be such a thing. And he has, when he was writing to his nephew Wormwood, inadvertently written as though the love of God is real. And, of course, that can get you into trouble in hell. So here's what he writes. My dear woman, I've been thinking very hard about the question in your last letter. If, as I've clearly shown, all selves are by their very nature in competition, and therefore the enemy's idea of love is a contradiction in terms, what becomes of my reiterated warning that he really loves the human vermin and really desires their freedom and continued existence? I hope, my dear boy, you've not shown my letters to anyone. Not that it matters, of course. Anyone could see the appearance of heresy into which I have fallen is purely accidental. By the way, I hope you have understood, too, that some apparently uncomplimentary references to Slubgob were purely jocular. I have the highest respect for him. And, of course, some things I said about not shielding you from the authorities were not seriously meant. You can trust me to look after your interests, but do keep everything under lock and key. To live in the dynamics of hell, of hatred and deceit, is a lot of work. It requires a lot of effort to try to manage potential pain in relationships. Screwtape goes on. The truth is, I slip my mere carelessness into saying the, hum- the enemy really loves the humans. That, of course, is an impossibility. He is one being. They are distinct from him. Their good cannot be his. All his talk about love must be a disguise for something else. He must have some real motive for creating them and taking so much trouble about them. The reason one comes to talk as if he really had this impossible love is our utter failure to find out that real motive. What does he stand to make out of them? That is the insoluble question. I do not see that it can do any harm to tell you that this very problem was the chief cause of our fathers, that is, the devil's quarrel with the enemy. When the creation of man was first mooted, and when even at that stage the enemy freely confessed that he foresaw a certain episode about a cross... God's love and pain and sin and woundedness and brokenness were pointing to a cross from the very beginning. Our father naturally sought an interview and asked for an explanation. 
The enemy gave no reply except to produce the cock and bull story about disinterested love, which he's been circulating ever since. This our father naturally could not accept. He implored the enemy to lay his cards on the table, gave him every opportunity. He admitted he felt a real anxiety to know the secret. The enemy replied, I wish with all my heart you did. It was, I imagine, at this stage that the interview with our father's disgust at such an unprovoked lack of confidence caused him to remove himself with infinite distance from a presence with a suddenness that has given rise to the ridiculous enemy story that he was forcibly thrown out of heaven. Since then, we have begun to see why our oppressor was so secretive. His throne depends on the secret. Members of his faction have frequently admitted that if we ever came to understand what he means by love, the war would be over and we should re-enter heaven. If we ever came to understood what he means by love, the war would be over and we should re-enter heaven. And that's the invitation. For God so loved the world. So now today, the shark will come. I don't know what the shark is for you. Maybe it's a memory. Maybe it's your body. Maybe it's guilt. Maybe it's habit. Maybe it's fear. Today, right now, instead of running from it, instead of fleeing it, instead of empowering it by giving it the status to be this chronic cloud over your life, swim towards the shark. Look directly at it. Here's what I invite you to do. This is what I did today. At some point, maybe right now, go where you can be alone and look into a mirror and see your face and tell yourself you are loved by God. You, with your body, your past, your brokenness, your experiences, your weaknesses, your sins, you are deeply loved by God. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son, that ever trusts him won't perish. Today, look in the mirror, know the love of God, and swim toward the shark. I'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us. Receive alerts for new episodes by texting the word become to the number 56525 or invite a friend by sharing the link becomenew.me.